0: welcome to the North Decatur Presbyterian Church sermon series. We're a PCUSA congregation in Decatur, Georgia. If you'd like to find out more about us, go to ndpc.org or just come by and visit. Here's this week's sermon. So when I say the word ritual, what's the first thing you think of? What comes into your mind when he's doing this with his hands? something that's repeated yeah over over and over and over again what else comes into your mind you have to take your mask off and shout it lighting a candle candle? Uh uh-huh what else anyone is anyone uh so some people think of mindlessness sort of that uh, rote uh, mindlessness of rituals. So rituals are things that we might do unconsciously, right? The implication might be that you sort of check your conscious brain at the door uh, when you do ritual. Some people also think of, um, of cults, right? Uh, or of social control, that, um, that, that rituals are things that we do to kind of enact a sort of control or group think. We know that in history, Jason, let's show these pictures. There are history, in history that rituals have been used uh, to control large groups of people. They're powerful in that way. The Nazis used ritual extraordinarily well. There are political rallies that continue to this day that, that exert this kind of group think, this kind of control over our lives. And if we're honest, the ritual that is uh, most uh, guilty of mindlessness and social control is this one, right? Right? So who wants to be part of a brainless activity where the leaders of that activity are out to control you? Well, apparently you all do because you showed up here this morning. A lot of folks I know are are, are suspicious of ritual or they flat out reject rituals. I think it's part of this whole social trend towards spirituality without religion. People don't want to be part of religion because religions, rituals are designed to tell you what to think and what to feel. I get it, right? I get it. I've been to a lot of church services in my life where I did feel like I sort of checked my brain or even my heart at the door, rituals that drained life instead of giving it. I've been to plenty of church services where there were highly manipulative techniques that were designed to kind of control your emotional response and get you to consent to the theology that was being presented there. I get the problems that people have with rituals but I've never been willing to give up on ritual entirely. Tell you the truth, I'm kind of a ritual guy. I like rituals. I kind of identify with this priest that I read about in the newspaper. Priest, religious, but not really spiritual. This is actually from The Onion, so it's all tongue-in-cheek, right? But it's, it's all about how he, how he loves the rites and the rituals, but doesn't go in for any of the theological content. Part of me, and maybe part of you, is fascinated by ritual. Maybe some of you remember, probably all of you do remember, a church service that was particularly moving. Maybe it was a Christmas Eve service that you could call to mind in an instant. The memory of a dark space filled with hundreds of people lighting candles and the words, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. That's a powerful ritual. But many of my best ritual experiences have not happened in church. I grew up in central Ohio, which means that I grew up going to Ohio Stadium on football Saturdays. A 100,000 human beings sitting in an oval that goes up stories into the sky, all of us wearing team colors, in this case, scarlet and gray, some of us with face paint on our faces, many people wearing necklaces made out of nuts. It's a crazy world, right? And before the gladiators come out for their ritual warfare, which is what all sports are, by the way, ritual warfare, the marching band comes out and takes the field. And we're going to start watching them. Jason, keep this on low, because I wanted to set the scene for you, right? The band comes out in these black uniforms, and they're marching in perfect unison, and soon it's clear they're making a word. They're not just marching. And the word is Ohio. That's us, right? It unifies us. And when it's almost all done, there's one guy left, a tuba player. See what happens next. Jason, turn this up loud. All right, there it is. And here he comes. That's ritual, man. That's a good ritual. I bet out of that 100,000 people, there are just a few folks who say they don't trust ritual at all, who are losing their minds when the tuba player comes out to dot the I in Ohio. Rituals are going on all of the time, all the time around us. And very few of them actually strike us as controversial. How many of you went to a graduation ceremony in your lives, right? Yeah, right? Graduation ceremonies, that's a ritual. Initiations into fraternities or sororities. National rituals like the 4th of July, shooting off things and light up the sky and go into parades. Thanksgiving dinner is a ritual meal. Not all rituals are old either. They're like popping up all the way around us all the time. New rituals are being created. Every couple of months, you'll read about uh, something awful that happens at a gender reveal uh, ritual, right? They'll like set a wildfire because they're exploding like blue fireworks or something in a grassland. And it's horrible, right? But I didn't grow up with gender. I thought gender was something that emerged over the course of time. But anyway, that's a whole other story for another day. Ritual is one of the wonderful things that we do as human beings to make meaning in our lives. As we are rebooting our lives after this time apart, as we are are starting to re-engage in the practices that make up the Christian life, I want you to pay attention to the role of religious ritual and how it shapes you. Ritual is one way for human beings to respond to what is the always encroaching chaos of the world. The world itself, life itself, either is or appears to be, most of the time, random and meaningless. It just is that way. An endless series of moments that accrue without direction or purpose. Ritual is one of the ways that human beings have learned to, to, to inscribe a kind of order onto that chaos. You see this from the very first chapter of the Holy Scriptures. What happens in that very first chapter? The seven days of creation, right? Life begins and there is chaos. But as the text unfolds, there is an ordering. And not just any kind of ordering, a ritual ordering of the chaos. Ritual speech creates order. Ritual action creates a kind of an order. An ordered cosmos replaces the chaos. Ritual creates order. It's a tool that allows us to make a coherent meaning out of an otherwise incoherent existence. Rituals of all kinds are all over the scriptures. And so, those of you who have been spending your time with the scriptures over the course of your lives will be familiar with all sorts of rituals that pop up there. Our Jewish sisters and brothers still reenact the flight from Egyptian slavery in the ritual meal called Passover. Circumcision is a, a marker of the body, a marker of identity, a marker of belonging into a particular community. Worship is prescribed for the community of faith, first in the tabernacle and then in the temple and then in the synagogue. There are poverty-fighting rituals in Scripture, leaving the edges of the fields open for gleaning, the regular forgiveness of debt in the Jubilee year. The Christian Scriptures also introduce rituals, a ritual bath we call baptism a shared meal that we'll we'll, we'll take part in today called communion, the ritual washing of feet to model our lives in service, the ritual laying on of hands. Rituals take abstract ideas and put their meaning into our bodies. We talked a little bit about this last Sunday. You and I don't learn complex ideas just by being introduced to them through concepts. We learn complex ideas often by doing, by engaging our bodies in some kind of practice. So rituals all involve a kind of a teaching and learning. So what do rituals teach us? Oh, they teach us all kinds of things. Rituals can teach us who we are as human beings. They can give us an idea about who the human being really is, a kind of vision of anthropology. Rituals can teach us about the cosmic order in which we are all placed. Rituals certainly try to teach us about our relationships with one another, how we are to interact with one another, what we mean to each other. Rituals can teach us about the direction of our life and what our life is given to us for. Rituals mark life's important passages, the birth of a child, maturing from childhood into adolescence, into adulthood, getting married, and death, all of them we mark with rituals. Rituals can help us negotiate conflicts with one another. They can solidify our social bonds with each other. Rituals identify and convey to us what it is that we hold as sacred. Rituals do all of these things. Do you see what I mean by rituals create order? So you can tell by now that I'm a ritual guy, right? But I don't think any of us can live without ritual in our lives any more than we can live without other people. The question for me is not whether we engage in rituals, we all engage in them. The question that's important is what is the level of consciousness that we bring to the rituals that we do participate in? So I want you to notice what's going on in all of the ritual spaces that you encounter. What's happening? Open your eyes and look around and listen and see what's happening on the surface, but also beneath the surface. What's that ritual trying to teach you? So what should you notice about rituals? Well, rituals are always talking about big things. So here are a few things that I want you to look out for as you're engaging in rituals. Maybe it's a birthday party or a 4th of July celebration or some other space. Even maybe bring the same attention to the church service. The first thing you should notice is what's it saying about time? What is time like in the ritual? We meet here at certain times on the Sabbath day, in fact, the Sabbath day drawn from that vision of the seven days of creation, the day of joy and rest in all that God has created. But ours is on Sunday because that's the day of resurrection. What's the shape of time in the rituals that you participate in? Are they linear? Is time circular? Is the ritual creating a time that is outside of regular time? How is the ritual playing with time? second thing you should pay attention to is space. What's the space like in the ritual? Oftentimes, rituals will try to create space that uh, uh, are a microcosm of a larger ordering of political or cosmic space, right? We worship in this space most of the time, right? Most religious communities worship in a building, but that doesn't mean that we think that God lives here. And yet we do design the spaces in a particular way. There's an image on your screen of Canterbury Cathedral, and we have a cathedral of our own. It directs our eyes in certain directions, mostly up. And there are colors and shapes that all evoke something about the ordering of space. One of the things I don't like about our space, and I'm going to go ahead and put it on the table, is that all of these rows out there There's a lot of rows. You're all facing one direction. What does that say? Because a certain thing you should pay attention to in all rituals is, what are the bodies doing in that space? How are they interacting with each other? Who's in the space, for one, and and, and what kind of community gathers in that place, in that ritual? Who is welcome? Who's not welcome? Whose voice is heard? Mine. Whose voice is not heard? Yours. Which bodies have power in the space? Which bodies don't have power by virtue of your position in the space? And then what are people doing during the ritual? Every ritual is a kind of choreography, a kind of dance, a kind of performance. What are the bodies doing in the ritual activity? What are we enacting together? What are are we trying to imagine about the human life and its direction and its possibility. You all just thought you came here to sing a few songs and listen to a sermon, didn't you? Now we're imagining the potentiality for human existence. Every Sunday in this particular space, what we try to do is we try to create a worship service that is a scripted and yet spontaneous encounter with the living God. Sometimes in this place, worship is awesome, and sometimes it falls flat. But every Sunday, we gather up the best tools of our ritual tradition, prayers and songs and stories and meals and baths, and we mix them all together into a performance that imagines and enacts a world in which God's holiness is always breaking into ours. God is ordering the chaos of our lives with grace, and peace, and with love. And so in this space, we take those abstract concepts, grace and peace and love and mercy and justice and hope, and we try to find ways for the ritual to put these things in our bodies. Our worship here is rarely the same two weeks in a row. Sorry about that. We do some weird stuff here, sometimes. We build houses in the worship space. We break pots and scatter them across the chancel. One Sunday, I think we tied ourselves up in string. Anybody here for that Sunday? You came back, you know, it's good, right? It didn't hurt. We believe in ritual innovation. That ritual always adapts and evolves, but you will also always find something old and familiar here. While we stay rooted in our tradition, we are open to its fresh expressions. Now, I'm still working on a script NDPC. I think we can pull this off someday. We will march and we will create the word, the letters NDPC in this space. I haven't figured out how to do it just yet. But you got to dream. Even if we never, never manage to pull it off, I do believe that we might still somehow use this space, week in, week out, to rest a coherent cosmic order out of the chaos. And even occasionally, we will find that this very space will open us to an encounter with God with the God who made everything that is, with the God who resurrects into new life, with the living God. We will do that, maybe even today. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. May it be so today and always let the church say, amen.